Hello and welcome to This Epic Life, the podcast. My name is Bailey Bennett Andrade, and today we have the guest Stephanie Woodhams here with us to talk about the intricacies of returning back to school amidst the pandemic, which is still wreaking havoc amongst many communities. Stephanie is a middle school teacher at Thomas Russell Middle School. She is a department lead and PAR panel chair, meaning she works with teachers who receive unsatisfactory evaluations. She earned her BA at Alma College in Alma, Michigan, and received her master's in history at San Jose State. This year marks her 20th year teaching in her current position. And what a year this is going to be. Isn't that right, Stephanie? Indeed. (laughs) Not anything any of us ever imagined in our wildest dreams that this would happen. Totally. But we're running with it and you're making things happen. Yes. Either way. So... Yes, this year obviously looks very different than anything that we've seen in our recent past and probably ever. So what are you doing right now to prepare yourself for what's to come? So even before we ended last school year, I was a part of a task force group that met. Um, There were three of us um, from middle school on the smaller part of the task force before it opened up into subcommittees where we were trying to come up with what should the fall look like. And I know that it was at least 10 hours before the end of the school year. Um, We at first were in the secondary group with high school and middle school. And in my district, we have two middle schools. And just trying to think of the different types of opening scenarios that we could actually have. And in middle school, we have a high school that's pretty large. There are about 3,000 students. Our middle schools are about 800. Mine's a little larger than the other one. And even at 800, it's like we just don't see the logistics of how we will have students move from classroom to classroom, have it sanitized, ensure social distance, like all of these logistics. And so at one point, the high school is like, um, I think that we need to be maybe separate from the middle school because we seem to have different plans. And our plan ended up being like we can only see like 100% distance learning unless something happens drastically different from what was happening in May. And here we are, August, and there isn't testing still available for people. Um, I do feel fortunate to be in the area that I am because we do have a lot of mask wearers who do believe in it and and feel it's necessary, but um, we just still don't um, have the capability to join. We're still on the governor's watch list. and, And then the high school who had a phased in-person option to start with have now switched in the last uh, two and a half weeks to distance learning. So yeah, it's been interesting. So there was that. And then I've been taking um, online courses to deal with my curriculum to um, just looking at uh, the one that I took was a facing history for reconstruction. And uh, it just really feeds into exactly modern day events. And I know my eighth graders are going to have lots of questions. So doing that, taking trainings on Nearpod and Zoom, um, making sure I I understand. I just learned about something called Slides Mania, where I can have these beautiful slide templates that are way better than anything that you can find in just the regular old Google presentation. So it's a lot of that kind of stuff that's been happening while also being resistant because it's like, this is supposed to be summer and I need a break from what happened in March through June. Right. So you're just pretty much trying to dive in full on and just really tap into your resources and see what you can learn. Cause I think that is a huge part of what, educators are struggling with right now is that there's all of a sudden this 
intense push towards we need to learn all these different digital formats and programs and resources for our students that you really didn't have to learn before. No. And you can really see, you know, I was in a, a workshop this morning, a professional development, and there are some teachers who it's like you just want to assign them an IT person because they are just really like, I can't find the link. Like even to get into the meeting to join, let alone understand what is being discussed about how to make, go into breakout rooms or how to create a poll in Zoom. So it's, it, it's a lot for, for many people and it's just overwhelming for everybody though. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And to go with that, I think an added pressure is the fact that there's a lot of speculation going on from community members, parents across the board about what we should be doing or what we shouldn't be doing. There's extreme opinions on both sides and then a lot of us fallen in the middle. So from your perspective as an educator, do you have any messages you would like to relate to those parents and community members who may not see what's going on during this transition? So to our community, I feel so fortunate because we might have a couple of parents who are like, you need to go back to school, but the vast majority, they have concern and they want their families to be safe. They want their children to be safe. They're concerned about us. Um, I want to tell them that at least at my school and what I've seen for many districts in the area, we have a set schedule where you will be seeing your students face to face because on March 13th, 12 o'clock in my classroom, we have an email that was sent by a substitute teacher saying, oh, they called it. Everybody's going home. We won't be coming back on Monday. And of course, it's like, what? And a teacher sends out an email to the whole school, including parents and parents are calling. It was it was kind of chaotic. And so that switch to, OK, we're going to teach from home was literally just let's teach from home. There wasn't a set schedule that we had because we couldn't guarantee that all students had the access because we were still scrambling to make sure people had Chromebooks. We were handing out Chromebooks March 13th frantically. And actually I wanna give kudos to our substitute um, admin because for two weeks prior to that end of the um, in-class teaching, we had no administrators on campus. We had two teachers who were subbing as admin. And so all of this was happening. Um, and so it felt, I felt like what we did was the best that we could do at the time. We did do in-person teaching in sense of having like office hours. I would record myself giving a lesson and then I would be on every single day to answer questions, but it wasn't me giving direct instruction. And so we actually have that plan now. Um, parents will see that their students are interacting with their teacher every day. So I feel like that's at least hopefully some comfort that they can have. Um, I know at middle school, there was a lot of, I can't get my kid to get up in the morning to like, like they're logging in at like one in the afternoon asking, okay, now what do I do? And of course, so many teachers have their office hours earlier in the day because teachers are getting up. And, and so I think that with the schedule that at least in the registration that I saw the last couple of weeks, um, the parents were very relieved to see that. Um, I think that no matter the choice, it's difficult because even if we were to do in-person, I think about elementary and remember getting hugs from your first grade teacher and just the excitement, you aren't going to be able to do that. And so like what, what kind of not being able to sit by your friend to eat lunch, like you can't do that. And so I feel like it doesn't matter if it's 
through Zoom or if it's in person, it's this is difficult for everybody. And I just want them to know that we are spending a lot of time trying to make sure that this year's experience is a positive one and that people feel like relief about what they see happening with their students and in, in, in their classrooms. Right. Yeah. Very well said. And I think a lot of that uncertainty, it will be answered as the year draws forward. It's something that everyone needs to just give each other a little bit of grace right now as they're going through it, whether it's teacher to parent, parent to student, parent to teacher. There's a lot of community building that hopefully will come of this because it's what we need. We need each other right now. Definitely. Yeah. So turning to the topic of equity and here at Epic, like our primary concern is maintaining equitable spaces in the classroom. And that's going to change as far as doing it over a distance learning Zoom model compared to in person. So do you have any advice for other edu educators right now regarding how to upkeep the equitable quality of your classroom environment while distance learning? So at our district, we're definitely making sure that everybody has access to a Chromebook. Like I said, we were quickly, frantically like giving them out, but these were older Chromebooks. And one of the things we didn't realize is you can't just update them from home. Mm -hmm. And so different operating systems or programs that applications that teachers were using, some kids couldn't use. And so it's like, oh, we can't do that. So we have made sure to switch those out. Um, our IT department had been making sure that hotspots were available for students who had no Wi-Fi. So every student is, is supposed to have access to Wi-Fi and they've been um, working on that throughout the um, summer and back in the previous semester. But I think the biggest thing is to make sure that there is communication with the parents as well as making sure that students know that you care for them and that you're there for them. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that the task force discussed was students need to have their cameras on. And I'm so resistant to that because again, middle schoolers, there's such delicate souls that you can say, you can even just look away and you don't mean to make a face. <laughs> it's just like, there could be like your cat's doing something and they immediately think that something that they have done. And so I made sure, like, I wanna see their face when they log in, but they can just wave and then turn their camera off. Um, I want them to, if they ask a question, to turn the camera on because I have found that is very awkward for me to speak into a little void of, a, <laughs> of an avatar, but um, it's totally up to them. And if they prefer to put the question in the chat box, that's fine. But I would really beg for teachers to be flexible in that and not so it must be this way. Um, one of the biggest concerns that I heard from parents was I heard that if they were late for the first five minutes, they're gonna be marked hardy. And I, again, hope that there's a lot of grace because at one point in May, um, Comcast was working in our neighborhood. It wasn't even anything to do with my setup and we lost access, I don't know, for two, three days um, for a couple hours at a time. So I just really hope that people continue to be flexible. It's not that, um, a student is purposely not logging on. And then my other hope is that the students who are not engaged, that we definitely um, make contact and find out what it is that they need to feel engaged, to feel like they're a part of the group. Because um, 
they have six different classes and they're not always engaged in every single one, but there was a, at least three of my students that I was worried about the entire time. And I didn't know if it was on me to go and do home visits because again, we're in a pandemic time. And do you want your teacher knocking on your door and your home? That just seemed like a lot. So we have that kind of protocol, I'm hoping to be able to enact in a much more responsive way to make sure that we are meeting the needs of all of those kids. Um, and then we're also looking out for their social emotional needs because everybody is overwhelmed by this. And we're hoping that the schedule that we've created means a little bit more breathing room for the kids and not so much anxiety. Because again, we're living in pandemic times. I went to the dentist and they said, um, have you, have you been under any kind of stress? It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> I said, well, are you on the pandemic? Like, yes, like you're looking at me in like full PPE type gear. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little overwhelmed by things, so sure. And I know that the kids are like, mm -hmm. I had students who didn't leave their home at all. I'd ask, are you going for walks? Are you, no, my parents won't let me leave the house. We're, we're really concerned. So it's like that type of thing where we just, there's so much that you want to have control over that we have no control. And we'd like to think that providing meals, which our district does and did through the summer for kids is going to be enough and to see them on zoom, but there's just so much that you want to just protect and, and, and maintain everything that they need in order to continue to grow into the humans that are helpful and wonderful. And yeah, so it's, it's a lot, but communication I think is the biggest thing. Yeah. Totally. And you have to be going through all of this while still taking care of yourself. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I will add, um, I've got a, an email on Sunday about a presentation we were supposed to help give on Monday to the staff. And my portion was, one line of it was mental health, be aware of mental health and 48 hour contact. And I'm like, I don't, are, is this saying I need to tell the staff don't worry, or don't, make sure to look out for your mental health, but also make sure to contact parents and students within 48 hours of them contacting <laughs> you, because I'm like, that does not seem, and I'm reading this at 10.15 at night on a Sunday, so yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking out for my emotional well-being. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But I have realized, like, I have my water with me all the time. I do try to get up. You know, my Fitbit says, hey, it's time to stand up. I'm terrible at that, so... Yeah. I do f go for walks, but it, it's so difficult because it's also, I have my here who they have to, like, are you eating? Like, basically <laughs> I'm asking, like, are you guys okay? Everything good? And yeah, we're good, which I'm so thankful for, but yeah, it's all of us are dealing with so much. <laughs> yes, that is so true. So as we're wrap, wrapping up this episode, um, it feels like there's so much focus on a lot of negativity going on right now. So do you have any positive aspects of the situation that you want to shed some light on? There is always so much innovation in education. And there, it, there's little things like people are excited about Bitmoji classrooms. And it's like, go for it. If that makes you happy, do that. Because, and I, I saw that like in the recent couple of weeks, there's been some backlash, like teachers shouldn't be dealing with that. It's like, guess what? Teachers aren't getting paid at this time. So if they want to make a Bitmoji classroom that brings them joy, let them bring themselves joy by doing that. So um, 
I think that there's programs that I never heard of, like Nearpod, which creates like interactive um, PowerPoints for kids where they can take quizzes, they can watch a video and answer questions. And it's the entire, it's not just a couple of kids who are answering it, like the entire class can answer through this um, activity. That's been really wonderful to see. And just knowing that even though a kid is on my screen, they can't hide from me. Like I have a poll in Zoom, I ask a question, I send them to a breakout room, but they don't go. It's like, oh, so-and-so turned their mic, their video off and have walked away. So it's like, hey. And, and so it's like, I know that they think we can't see them, but this I feel is an even better way to get immediate feedback of what they know or they don't know. And so even though it's not what we want, even though it's not what we planned and we would love for COVID to go away, it is not. And we, we definitely have opportunities available to us. Absolutely. Perfectly said. And thank you so much for giving us your time today, Stephanie. And we wish you so much luck and love and <laughs> just good messages to you as you embark and all of you educators embark in this unknown year. I'm sure it's scary. There's anxiety involved, but there's also a lot of positivity that can come out of this. And it's really time to make the best out of our situation. Yes, I feel so fortunate. I get to loop with my students. So the kids that I had last year, I get to have this year. And I'm really looking forward to seeing them again. And just knowing that, how'd your summer go? Are you excited for this year? What can I help you with? That I'm just excited to see them. Visit www.epiceducation.com for resources that will help you to understand and navigate the ever-changing world of diversity, equity, and inclusion. We are a company that trains and transforms with innovative in-person and online equity workshops that support school districts and leaders to build capacity to carry on this work internally. Now go out and have an epic day.